back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us on the Leonard Birdsong Radio Show. I have a guest on the line, Stephen, Steve A. Klein. Uh, I said a little bit about him before we left and took the break, but uh, he, among other things, he conducts high-energy, high-impact sessions designed to engage participants with leadership, sales, and success skills. He also works with school systems to motivate students in the Advancement via Individual Determination, or AVID, program, which is a college readiness system designed to increase the number of students who enroll in four-year colleges in the United States. Steve, welcome to the show. Leonard, thank you for having me. Yep, yep, yep. Listen, um, I've read about you, I've heard about you, and I am tantalized by a headline that you wrote, Branson, Buffett, Bloomberg, why they're successful while people or while other people just as smart aren't. Can you tell us a little bit about what all this means? Why are they successful while other people just as smart aren't? We're talking about Branson, who owns Virgin Airlines, Buffett, who is the most wealthy investor in the United States, and Bloomberg, who has million dollars and was mayor of New York City, right? That's absolutely correct. Uh, they do something that a lot of people don't do, and intelligence and Getting a, a gift when you're born the way you are really isn't the key to becoming successful. It's focusing on what you want. When you take a look at those three individuals, including other individuals of their ilk, they focus, uh, Branson, one of the most, most uh, spectacular way he does it, he focuses on what he wants so uh, tightly that he makes it happen. And that's what mm-hmm. he is. It's a matter of knowing exactly what you want, getting a strong focus of it, and doing what it takes to do those things on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And Buffett, why is he such a great investor? Is he just lucky? He, uh, You can say luck goes into it, but um, luck is where preparation and opportunity meet. Uh, he prepares <laughs> himself. He finds the opportunity. Preparation and opportunity. I like that. That's right. Uh, he He wanted to become an investor. He wanted to become rich. He put the time and effort into the study and then the application of what it did, uh, what he had to do to become successful in doing what he does. Uh, And he's one of the first to admit that he doesn't know it all. But he Mm -hmm. does the right study. He, um, uh, he, he, Everything he touches does not turn to gold. He makes Mm -hmm. mistakes. He just reduces the number of mistakes he makes, but it's because he's focused on what he wants to have and what he wants to do. So sort of what you're saying is there has to be an element of humility. Is that right? Yes, You may absolutely. be focused. You may yeah, be you focused and you may meet opportunity, but you're not always going to win, right? Sometimes uh, you do make always. mistakes. As a matter of fact, you may, lo- you may lose more often than you win, but sometimes those wins are a lot, uh, a lot greater than the uh, losses. I mean, just to use an analogy from uh, sports, uh, the last – Ball player to hit 400 was Ted Williams, I believe, it was about 1943, and that's only two hits out of uh, out of every five. So three times out of five, he failed. Right. Uh, we've heard that um, Babe Ruth had uh, more strikeouts than anybody, but also hit the most home runs. So <laughs> yes, right. I've heard that let one the too. Losses hurt them. So you you have to keep trying. You talk about there are seven attitudes of the rich and famous, and 
some unsuccessful people overlook these. What what are some of these seven attitudes? One of the attitudes is um, uh, persistence, which goes along with determination. That stick to itiveness to make it happen. Uh, Nike says, "Just do it." Well, they do it. They focus on it. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they want to do, and they don't waver from it. That's what's one of the major ones that uh, that I believe are the keys for uh, an individual to be successful as far as the uh, as for the, as far as the attitudes. As I mentioned, that persistence and determination were uh, were the two of the keys to decide what you want to have and make it happen. One of the interesting things I'll, I'll, I watch on TV is the uh, uh, some of the items they sell that are uh, as seen on TV items. Those items where you think to yourself, "Well, I should have invented that." As a matter of fact, right. the last one I last one I saw about two weeks ago was an umbrella that that closes the wrong way. So right. when you get inside your car, you can pull it, and it doesn't drop the uh, water in your car. First thing I yeah, thought, I saw I that. Have... I saw that myself. Right, and these are ideas that people had from a problem they had, and they turn the problem into a success for themselves. And that's what the per- persistence and determination does. Another one that goes along with that is, as I touched on it before, is the visualization. They get a they lock in to exactly what they want to have. They see it so vividly their heart starts pounding to make it happen. And they get hmm. focused on it, and it happens. There was a, a few years ago in sports, there was a thing about visualization that basketball players had to visualize themselves making the basket, and they would practice this kind of thing. Have you heard of that with respect to sports? Oh, absolutely. A matter of fact, there was a study done probably 40 or 50 years ago, and they took two groups, three groups of students, one group of students uh, students practiced shooting baskets every day for a month. The second group did no practice at all. The third group did not practice, but they visualized shooting the basket and making the basket every time. And interestingly enough, the group that visualized making the basket almost had the same results at the end of 30 days as the one that practiced doing it. So if you, <laughs> if you combine practice... And visualization, seeing it actually happen, you can you can have outstanding results. Right. Okay. So you got to start owning your goals. I think that's something you've written, right? Uh, absolutely. And it just it can't be something such as, well, I'm going to do this someday. No, you need to know exactly what you want to do. You need to know when you want to do it, and then you need to do something on a daily basis to make it happen. Some kind of action step. Get off your your rear end and do something to make it happen. I'd say that probably 90 to 95% of the people uh, that are listening or that are out there have the ability and the capability to be doing much more than they're doing right now. It's a matter of getting that focus. And one of the other key attitudes that successful people have is passion. Again, you go back yes. to... Uh, yes, passion is, is very valuable. I know that. They want it so badly, they will move heaven and earth to make it happen. And with that passion, you can make outstanding things happen. 
Yeah, you know, Steve, um, I, I'm a law professor right now, and uh, I try to encourage my students. I, I've had a great career, and I was a bit passionate about it, and I've done well. Um, but sometimes it's hard to motivate people to have the same passion you do. Uh, I've tried to tell students, you know, I've had a great career, but, you know, you really have to study. You have to be prepared. And people say they're going to do it, but sometimes they just don't get around to it. And I get a little bit frustrated with that. Do you get frustrated with some of the people you work with? Absolutely, when they don't have the same kind of motivation. I'll, I'll answer that one in a moment. Let me go back to uh, to law. Uh, both my uh, my grandfather was was an attorney. My father studied law. Uh, I wanted to be an attorney one time. I thought I thought being like Perry Mason was the way all attorneys are. Uh, <laughs> every case was sixty minutes long, and you won every time. That's right. But, That's a great. And you know why Perry Mason, the guy who wrote him, Earl Stanley Gardner, was a horrible lawyer. He never won a case, so he started writing books with his alter ego, who never lost a case. And, and it look what became it, a million. How successful became. But as, as I watch, as I watch and I study attorneys, I see that it's it's more the attorney than the whether somebody is right or wrong. It's the belief of that attorney. To if they're representing a uh, a defendant, if their belief to get them off, they they come up with ideas to make those things happen, and that's one of the keys too, is that when you're focused on something, ideas come back to you. But back to the yeah, question you asked, go ahead. Creativity is a word that I come up with. I tell students that I teach, I teach both criminal law and immigration law. You've got to be creative. You've got to come up with ideas to help your client. And you know, you just can't you just can't rely on the written code or what the words say. You've got to be creative. And it's a matter of programming your mind, putting a lot of information in for ideas to become to begin to come to you because you never know where they're going to come from. And that creativity makes that happen. Sometimes you come up with ideas you had never thought of before. And that's mm-hmm. how successful people become successful. You'd asked mm-hmm. me a question a moment ago about uh, being frustrated when people aren't as motivated as you are. People mm-hmm. are motivated for their own reasons. They're never motivated by by your reasons. If anybody looks right. as a as a parent, they know that specifically because children are generally not motivated the way the parents are. So you need to understand what motivates that person. That comes that's part of management and leadership, which means you need to get to know that person. The better you understand them, you know what what fuels them, you know what makes them passionate, and once you understand that, once you know what someone wants, you can get them to do anything. What example I... uh, Go on, I'm sorry, what's your example? The example was, um, I believe it was Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he and one of his farmhands were attempting to get a calf into the barn. One was pulling the calf and one was pushing the calf. The (laughs) calf just dug its heels and it wouldn't move. The housekeeper was inside. She came out, stuck her thumb in the calf's mouth, and the calf followed her right into the barn. <laughs> Way to motivate somebody is give them what they want. Yeah, give them what they want. I was just going to say, I guess football coaches are like that too. People who, coaches who come up with these um, award-winning teams in college and things like that, they have to get to know their their players and what they want and find out to help them I guess, reach their success. Absolutely. Now, I'm in Dallas, Texas, and about 20 years ago, the Dallas Cowboys were, were a uh, Super Bowl-winning team as a result of Jimmy Johnson. His background right. is uh, psychology. And he said one time, I treat my players all exactly the same, all differently. 
he realized that you can't <laughs> treat them exactly the same way when something happens. They all have different motivations. They all have different temperaments. And you have to understand the people that you work with, in that case his players and his coaches, so that he could uh, help, he could motivate them based on what they wanted. Now, fortunately, when you're right. on, a, on, a, uh, on a team, amateur or professional, everybody has a similar goal, which is to win whatever the championship is. But there's other uh, pieces along that, along the line, that, that help you get there. You need to know that player to help make those things happen. Right. Well, listen, we're going to take a break. Can you stay with me? I have a couple more questions I would like to ask you so our audience can hear. You're telling us some good stuff. Uh, can you do that, Steve? I will stay here for you. All right. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with you. You folks, just stay with us. We have more to talk with Steve A. Klein about. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong back with you on the Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm talking to Steve A. Klein, and he is a professional, how would you say it, facilitator. He knows a lot about psychology. He knows the history and the psychology of professional performance. Steve, I'm glad you stayed with us. Two more things. Topics I want to talk about before we have to let you go. And I'll just tell the two of them to you first of all, and you decide how you want to go. First of all, you talk about people who can earn more money than others doing certain things. That's one. And how do you do it? Secondly, I want to know more about this AVID program, the Advancement Via Individual Determination to Get Students Ready for Four-Year Colleges. Well, let me talk about uh, Can you talk about those two? I'd love to talk about both of those. Uh, Abbott, I have a passion for. Uh, this is a program that I wasn't familiar with up until about two years ago. And I work with kids in the school system uh, to help them prepare for school. But the, the program is a six-year program for students from seventh grade to twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. Many of the students are, are middle-class to lower-middle-class students that they would not go to school unless they were able to get a full scholarship to go to school. Mm-hmm. So for six years, they take a class every day, one hour a day for six years to help them understand how to learn, how to study, how to get focused, how to find the scholarships that are available. But it's really interesting. When I talk to some of these seventh graders, they already know what college they want to go to. That's now, good. I don't know about you, but back in the day, I didn't begin to prepare for college until I was a senior in high school, probably my second semester senior year. Well, I was about the same. I was actually a junior when I started really seriously thinking about it. And it's amazing. These kids are so focused on what they want. I think that's one of the keys to making this happen. And the success rate for the AVID program, and I believe it's a national program now, is, is tremendous in getting kids into school that wouldn't have gotten there otherwise. And it's a shame that money is the reason why some of the kids can't go to school. Right. Uh, They're now getting the opportunity with this program to develop and learn. And I think it's one of the best things going now in the school system for kids to help them understand you don't have to be a genius. You need to learn how to study. You need to learn how to apply yourself. And that can help you gain the success you want to have after college. All right. Well, God bless you for doing that and working with the AVID program. What about the secrets to making more money, Steve? The secret of making more money is knowing 
how much money you want to make, which is a, a key element, and then finding the the tool or the way to make it happen. I mentioned passion earlier, and that's a big part of it. Uh, assuming something is is legal and ethical, if you're focused on what you want, you will find a way to make the money you want to have. Now, it may not happen overnight. It take, could take a long time to get there. The learning curve could be great, but you have to have the passion to do those things. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. I've heard the old talk about it took me 20 years to become an overnight sensation. You've heard that, I'm sure. It's interesting. You, you can watch, uh, every once in a while, you can watch an actor in an old movie, and they have a bit part. And yep. these are the things they were doing before they became a star. They had to work their way up to it. Right? They look like an overnight success. It took them 20 years <laughs> to get there. Um, one of the examples I think about that many people have heard of is uh, Colonel Sanders and his uh, his move to Kentucky Fried Chicken. He had a, uh, a restaurant uh, in Kentucky, and um, the county or the state uh, bypassed his restaurant to put a, um, uh, a highway in, and he lost all his business. He right. had for fried chicken that he believed was better than anybody else's. So he put a pressure cooker in his trunk, and he drove around the country going to restaurants, making chicken, and showing them that they could do the same thing if they wanted to purchase uh, his franchise. And it took, he was he was 65 years old at the time. It took him months to make it happen. I believe the first uh, restaurant to purchase it was in uh, Salt Lake City. And from there, it took him a while to become successful, but he made it happen. Even at 65, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you have the passion for it, if you believe in it, you will find the money to make the things happen you want to have. That's number one. Number two, when you make that money, some of the best best things you can do with it is to give it away. And um, the uh, Judeo-Christian ethic is uh, it's better to give than to receive. I'm a All big right. believer that you cannot give unless you have first. Yes, I understand that too. You have to have it. So sometimes when you're focused on the money you want to make, if you also have a plan for giving some of that away, that also fuels that passion to do the things necessary to get what you want to have. Right. Well, I teach at a Catholic uh, law school run by Dominican nuns, the Dominican Order, and among other things, we want to turn out ethical lawyers, but part of the Dominican tradition is giving back to the community and giving of yourself, and that's very important. So, Steve, I'm very happy to speak to you. I might have you on again. Um, I'm running out of time here. I would really like to read and know more about your book, too, sell when you see the whites of their eyes, but we're going to have to talk about that at another time, okay? That'll be great. All right, Steve, thanks so much for coming on, okay? Thank you, Leonard. I enjoyed it. All right. We'll have you back. Okay, this is Leonard Birdsong. We just finished with Steve A. Klein, a motivator, the CEO of the Professional Development Center in Dallas, Texas. We are coming to the end of the show. I'm glad you stuck with me today. I think it was a pretty good show. You've heard some dumb news stories. We heard some news tidbits. You heard some things about Abe Lincoln you probably didn't know. And uh, we talked to Steve Klein about success and passion, what you have to do to become the best. Let's end with a few riddles. I always have some riddles on hand just to make sure we go out on a cute and happy note. Here's the first one for today. What do you call an elf with lots of money? 
What do you call an elf with lots of money? That's my first riddle. Have you thought about it? Well, you call an elf with a lot of money wealthy. Wealthy. Not wealthy, but wealthy. Okay? <laughs> what do you say about rocks? Well, here's something I read. When it comes to rocks, never take marble for granted. You want to hear it again? When it comes to rocks, folks, never take marble for granted. <laughs> All right, that was too easy. Here's another one for you. Why are fish so easy to weigh? Why are fish so easy to weigh? Think about it. You probably know the answer. They're so easy to weigh because they come with their own scales. <laughs> yes, that is funny, Peanut Gallery. Finally got something funny, huh? All right. All right, it wasn't that funny. All right, here, a couple of more, and I've got to go. A couple of more, I said. What do you call someone who sticks his right hand in a T-Rex's mouth? What do you call someone who sticks his right hand in a T-Rex's mouth? You call them lefty. Yeah, that was that that was a bad one, I know. Okay, that was a bad one. All right, here I, I'm going to have to end it with this one. I want you to really think about this one because it's easy. Last riddle. If you have 10 apples in one hand and 12 in the other hand, what do you have, folks? Think about it now. If you have 10 apples in one hand and 12 in the other, what do you have? Answer, you have really big hands, folks. How about that, huh? <laughs> All right, the peanut gallery is going crazy over that one. All right, folks, this is Leonard Birdsong. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. You can read some of my stories on my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com or you can go to my website leonardbirdsong.com to find out more about my books and the funny stories that I collect. It's been great being with you. I will be back with you next week.